All right, guys, we want to say welcome to our third episode, and we are excited to have you guys be part of our podcast. Uh, and so we are just truly blessed to be here. I'm truly blessed, as always, when I have these amazing guest speakers coming in. And for today, I got Pastor Jim Martin with us. And so it is a, a just a huge blessing for to have him here with uh, with me and with you guys as you guys are listening or watching through YouTube, through Instagram, or maybe in your car. And we just want to say just, uh, first of all, thank you. And then just, I got a little situation here on the, the audio. <laughs> uh, and, um, but Jim Martin, you, you want to say something about yourself? You want to um, introduce yourself? Yeah, good morning. I re really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Um, do my favorite thing, which is to take a look at Scripture and see what God says and, and how that impacts, directs our lives. Um, there's about an 18-inch gap between um, our head and our heart. And right. a lot of times, um, the, the word that we learn just stays in the head. Yes. And my desire and my passion is to move it those last 18 inches to where it directs not just what we know, but who we are, how we act, how we live. So yes, thanks yes. for the opportunity. Um, yes. I have had the opportunity to teach God's word for over 40 years. Wow. Um, 40 years. I, it's Since I was born. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, <clears throat> I think I was probably 19 when I started uh, teaching a, a Sunday school class. and Which I saw a picture of you, you yeah, and your wife. Yeah, that's, uh, that's when I was about 17. So, yeah, those are a lot of years ago. <laughs> <clears throat> but, yeah, and, and God's just given me opportunity after opportunity over years to do that. So I really appreciate that and don't want to take that for granted. So thank you for this chance. Yeah, yeah. No, no, thank you for coming. And so, guys, uh, our topic for today, uh, we'll be talking about Spiritual warfare. I know it is a big topic. It's something that churches preach on, pastors preach on. Um, it's, you know, they teach us in Bible school, in seminary. You know, it's everywhere. Um, but before we do that, I know, Pastor Jim, you want to talk about the word spiritual warfare. Well, I, I, I want to talk about the idea of context. Because uh, when you when you look in print media, when you, when you look in books, when you look on TV and movies that are made, uh, kind of to rephrase something that Dickens said in A Christmas Carol, uh, you know, it it has more to do with gravy than gold. There's more uh, popular popular thoughts and and notions regarding spiritual warfare right. than is really biblically based. Now, yeah. spiritual warfare is a very real thing, yes. but we need to understand why spiritual warfare is is an important issue, and and that is because there exists. There coexist two realms. There always have coexisted two realms. A spiritual realm, which for the most part, prior to redemption, uh, we are ignorant of. Right. Okay? Right. Yes. Uh, this is the realm of God, um, the spiritual beings, angels, Elohim, um, and, and uh, demons, uh, fallen angels. Mm. Then there's the physical realm, which to us is reality. Okay? So we, we consider the world and we go, all right, it's that which I can see, touch, taste, feel, hear, uh, the corporeal, um, the physical. And, and that to us is reality. But 
the the scriptures reveal to us that yes, that is reality, but there is a whole another aspect of reality, and mm-hmm. these two are not separated domains. They are they are overlapping and interactive, and a beautiful example of that would be the garden. Right. Okay. Yep. God creates a physical domain where He places. Uh, humanity and ask him to steward this physical creation. Right. But at the same time, it's very evident from the narrative that it is in the presence of God because God comes walking in the garden. Uh, the 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 evil one, the Nahash, the the serpent has access to it. So they're not like you know some barrier that can't cross over. Yeah. They're they're present. They're interactive. And for the most part, we as uh, disciples of Jesus. Um, do not realize that the things that are going on in our lives have a physical as well as a spiritual aspect to them. And so we end up acting from the spiritual, or I'm sorry, from the physical side. Right. And this is where the idea of spiritual warfare comes in, is that we say, okay, I need to recognize that there are two domains. There's, there's what I can see, mm-hmm. and then there's a side that I cannot see, and I need to react. I need to um, live my life. I need to uh, counterattack, if you want to use that word, with weapons of spiritual warfare, not just with things physical. of physical. Right, right, right. And one of the most popular scriptures uh, that, that I was telling you just a few minutes ago is Ephesians 6 12. Mm-hmm. That uh, is preached again, uh, it's preached a lot of, uh, on it. Mm-hmm. Which it says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers, forces uh, over the present of darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, and, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. And, and that's Paul's right there. He encapsulates it. He says, look, the issue that you're up against is not what you see. Mm-hmm. So let's bring it very close to home. In church, you can't get along with somebody. <laughs> like that happens, right? Right. And we say, well, if this person or, you know, if that situation, that's not, that's not the, the, the enemy. That's not the issue that we need to attack. That's merely the, the manifestation of it, okay? So if there's discord, <clears throat> excuse me, if there's discord, if there's division, if there's disruption in, in the community of faith, there's a spiritual core and issue to that. Right. Okay. Right, yes. And so he's saying, wake up and realize that don't attack the symptom, but instead realize that behind that are rulers, powers, world forces of this darkness, spiritual forces mm-hmm. of wickedness in the heavenly places. And to do battle with those, you need to correspondingly prepare yourself on a spiritual level. Right, and I think that's an area that, as believers, we have to be so careful because we tend to mistake the spiritual side with the physical, and we attack yes. the physical. We attack the person instead of exactly where is that's coming from. Uh, so I guess we always have to question: Okay, who is the enemy? And that was my question, and I think, and I, I know you were talking about it right now: uh, Who is the enemy? And we need to recognize who the enemy is. Uh, it might be better to phrase it, who are the enemies? Right. Okay, when you look at the temptation of Jesus, there is one 
protag our antagonist. There's one principal character that we lock on, mm-hmm. Satan. Satan. Here Satan stands before Jesus and he tempts Jesus. Okay. And so we go, well, there's the devil. There is, that's an enemy. Absolutely. Uh, he is not so much our enemy, mm-hmm. but he is the enemy of our, our savior, and therefore we're guilty by association. Okay. So he is the enemy. He's not out to get me. He's out to subvert the kingdom of God. He's out to defeat defeat Jesus. Okay? But even in that interaction of Jesus and the the devil, we see played out three realms of humanity. Okay? Right. So another enemy is our own humanity. All right? If, let's take the first example. Jesus hasn't eaten for 40 days and 40 nights. And the first thing that that the evil one does is it says, hey, let's this. Let's have a Big Mac. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's, Make it uh, <clears throat> you know, what What do you want on it? I Whatever you want on it goes right to his flesh. Yeah, to the flesh. And repeatedly through the New Testament yeah. and ex- and exemplified in the Old Testament, we see these situations where, where uh, people's humanity gets in the way. Mm. Matter of fact, it even says with Jesus that he tempted him. Okay. Yeah. He tempted his humanity. So he goes and he says, I know you're hungry. So here. Let me feed. Let me let me meet that need that you have, okay? And then he comes along to him and he says, "Okay, hey, look, look, look." And he goes up on the, you know, the top of the of the the temple and he says, "Throw yourself down." All right. And what's the deal there? Jesus is Messiah, okay? He's Messiah. Throw yourself down. Well, the Bible says that God will give His angels charge over you and do some spectacular thing. So here, let's take a shortcut. What's your goal? What are you trying to do? You're trying to be seen by people as a Messiah. So now aspiration, desire. I want to serve the Lord. I want to be an instrument to him. Well, here, let's take this shortcut, okay? Let's meet that goal in another way. And I think putting it that way really speaks to the heart of a lot of people where we say, well, there's the the journey doesn't matter. It's where we end up. No, the journey matters a lot. Am I doing things in a way that honors God? And so Jesus says, "Ah, nope, can't do that. So finally he takes him. Shows him all the glory of the world, which is the end result of Jesus, of, of Messiah. He says, I, you know, here, I, 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 will, I will give you all of this. You can have it all right, uh, if you'll just worship me. Just bow down. Okay, just bow down. So there's another enemy. It's like, what is it? I'm, it the end justifies the means. So, yes, we are as much an enemy to ourselves as the adversary is. Okay, uh, and I and I base that not only on looking at Jesus and and his temptation, but you go over to the book of James where it says that that sin begins with a temptation, mm. a desire that 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 grows and morphs and ends up manifesting as sin. So it starts from the inside out. Okay, and you look at this this notion of saying, well, how do how do I get? Well, the devil made me do it. No, along the way, we kind of yield and surrender and justify. Right. And I think anybody that hears that can, can readily and quickly say, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, can, I can recognize sometimes when I've just given in. All right? Uh, and then the scriptures also tell us that the one that resides within the believer is greater than the one that resides within the world. Yeah. So it's really not a battle. We forget that. I, I think when we think of spiritual warfare— we almost imagine two equal fighters kind of slugging it out, and the last man standing is the one that wins. Right, right. It's not an equal fight. No. 
I mean, the one that resides within in the believer, the one that created everything, including the adversary, is is omnipotent. He is supreme. Matter of fact, when you go to the book of Revelation and you see the Battle of Armageddon, it's like over in a flash. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, boom, there it is. It's done. It's not an equal fight. And I think that's a misconception that we have. Yes. You know, that, okay, well, I'm fighting and I'm fighting I'm with the devil like you're in a boxing match. And no, I mean... I mean, God is the all-powerful. I mean, it's kind of like saying that the devil is almost as strong as God is. And I think, in all honesty, that many people, whether they verbalize it that way or not, that conceptually they see them as equal powers. Yes. But the Bible tells us that if we resist the devil, submit ourselves to God, he will flee. He will flee. Um, as a young guy in, in church, I, uh, I would often <laughs> chuckle. Uh, and when I say a young guy, I mean I'm, I'm in my late teens, early 20s. And uh, somebody would we'd be praying, and they'd go, Oh, Lord, please bind the evil one. Please bind the devil. Bind the devil. And we'd come back together. Oh, Lord, bind, bind the devil. And I remember thinking, who keeps on tying that dude, man? If, <laughs> yeah. if God's bound him yeah. once, who, who keeps letting him loose, you know? It's... So we, we battle in a way that makes sense to us, but we don't battle in a way that is consistent with Scripture, okay? Um, we're fighting hell with a squirt gun, you know, trying to push back the flames, rather than realizing that, that the evil one, while he is a threat, I don't want to minimize his threat at all, he is in no means, no how, able to overcome God. And if we look at Job... He is only able to do that which is within the restrictive confines of God. Mm-hmm. So he cannot do whatever he wants. And so when we come against him, the book of Job, uh, I'm sorry, the book of Jude says this, uh, don't be so prideful as to, I'm going to paraphrase this, battle with weapons of this world. But he says, but like, and he quotes the book of Enoch, he says, like, uh, the angels did battling over the body of Moses. He says, the Lord rebuke you. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Okay, just the Lord rebuke you. Not this, I need to, you know, dance around and scream and holler and, you know, that sort of thing. But just the simple power of the name of Jesus. Of the name of Jesus. Yeah, and, uh, I, and I think, um, like, I'm not saying the devil has power. Because, he, well, he does. Well, well not, not in a tech, like, not in a, where it's, as equal as God, right? But I think as sometimes that we that we given him given him more power than he does than he has, you know, and, and that, that it, makes perfect sense. If you don't have to fight a battle by overwhelming your your adversary, why not? Yeah. Okay. So I, when I was a young man and and didn't always walk with Jesus, I would use certain lines in conflicts like, uh, "Don't pick up anything that you don't want to eat." Okay, so it's like I want to get in your head from the get go, so that you don't even take a swing at me. Why wouldn't the devil do that? Why wouldn't the devil convince us that he could take us out? So we need to go run and hide. Then he doesn't. Then he doesn't a reveal that he's not as powerful as we like to think he is, and he doesn't have to stand up there and go, "Yeah, I just took a shellacking from God." Yeah, yeah, true. And so, uh, Jim, my next question that we also hear a lot, that we tend to blame the devil yep. for everything. Yep. True yep. or false? False. 
No, it's true that we blame him for everything, but false that he's the. <laughs> it's false that he is the cause of everything. If I go out and sleep with my girlfriend and get her pregnant, and survive that from my wife, um, <laughs> right. is the devil the one responsible for that act, or mm-hmm. am I? Okay, we've got to understand one of the things that it, that 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 casts us in the image of God is the capacity that we have to choose. All right. Uh, that's the very heart of the temptation with Jesus. It's the very heart of the event in the garden. Is mm-hmm. the capacity, unlike any other of God's creation, uh, for us to choose. So when I allow myself to choose to do something contrary to the will of God, okay, I have responsibility for that. Now, is he culpable in it? Maybe. I mean, maybe. He, he may have... He may have presented the temptation, but if I am allowing um, unconfessed sin, if I am allowing, um, if I am harboring sin in my life, that sin will produce fruit, and the devil doesn't have to mess with it at all. So let's go militarily. Uh, You have an active force. you You have a squad out there attacking targets. Squad can't be anywhere, so I lay landmines in other places. And the enemy comes along and trips a landmine, and I take out some of the enemy without ever having direct contact with them. Yeah. Why would the devil not do the same thing? Mm-hmm. Okay, he knows my weaknesses. He is an expert on human behavior. Yep. Okay, he is not yeah. omniscient. He cannot read my mind, but he can read my. Yeah, you're nothing new, Jim. I've seen this one before. Yeah. So he lays a landmine for me, and if I am not prepared, as Paul's telling the Ephesians. I walk right into it, and he, he doesn't even have to be present. Mm-hmm. So, yes, the enemy, uh, Satan is an enemy, but so am I. Yep. So flesh. is my flesh. My, and and, and I, I, that's one of the things when I, when I teach on, on the will or the flesh, yeah. I, I always say it's, it's not just the idea of sexuality. It's the idea of what I want, mm-hmm. okay? So if I want something that is unrestricted, I just, I'm going to, I want what I want when I want it, then I have an open door for ambush in my life. And the, and the evil one doesn't even have to come at me. He can just, he can send, you know, a, a, a booby trap over there, which brings up another point that I think is important to notice. Everybody says the devil's picking on him. The devil <laughs> can't be everywhere. No. He's um, not omnipresent. So he he's can. not omnipresent. So if he's messing with you, he's may, he may send one of his minions, yeah. but he's not messing with me. Okay. And I don't think I'm important enough for the devil to take time out of his busy schedule to come at. He'll send one of his lieutenants over. Or, like I say, sometimes I just shoot myself in the foot because I am not alert. I am not aware. I don't take the advice of Peter who says, be on the alert because the devil's out there like a roaring lion. Right, right, right. And how do you think we should, or not how do you think, but how should we respond attacks, whether from the enemy or from the flesh as well? I mean, do you think it's, this is something that we need to be in constant prayer? Uh, there are be- several steps, okay? The first is fight the battle you don't have to fight mm. or win the battle you don't have to fight. Be preemptive. Yeah. I'm going to go back to a military analogy. If I have a base camp uh, and I have one sector of my base camp with no wall, no barbed wire, no anything, I'm opening myself up to attack. Okay, he do, he can just walk right on in. I don't place any men over there. I don't do anything. 
And so I'm asking to be attacked in that area. So I need to be on the offensive. I need to look at my life and I need to say, where are the points of weaknesses in my life? Okay, where are the avenues of attack? Where am I not diligent? I know myself, okay? We all know each other. We all know ourselves. Um, Jim Cimbala in his book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, said he had a a senior adult. The guy was in his late 60s, early 70s. Jim, congregation he serves is in New York. Um, And this guy stopped by the church on the way into town, and he said, Pastor, I need to pray. And he goes, well, sure, sure, what's up? He says, well, I got to go into town today, and I got to go through the red light district, and I just want to pray that my eyes don't wander. And Jim kind of laughs and says, really, at your age? He says, Pastor, I'm not dead. And so he he knows this is an area that he needs covering and protection over. So he stops, and he, he takes some preemptive steps so that that's a battle he doesn't have to fight. Mm-hmm. Usually, we just kind of go stumbling and bumbling through life, and then we react to the things that happen. So the first thing that we have to do is we have to know ourselves. Yeah. Okay. What are my areas of weaknesses? weaknesses. Don't, and don't excuse them. No, okay? Don't try to justify them. Don't try to call justify it, Call them. it as, as is. And, and understand that there is none righteous, no, not one. So if you feel like, hey, I'm struggling in this area, you're not alone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Bible talks to us about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life, and we live in a corporeal realm that very much plays to those things. Okay, especially now where everything's there for you. Everything's there. I mean, it used to be when I was a kid, um, you had to go down to the corner bookstore and go around into the back and come out with a magazine in a brown paper bag. Now. You can access it on your phone. Matter of fact, recent studies have shown that around 67% of pastors view pornography. Mm. Okay? And some of them will view it in their office. Some of them will view it before they, right before they get in the pulpit. And some admit wow. to viewing it on the big screens in the sanctuary. Okay? We got a problem. Deal with it. Okay? Mm-hmm. But we're ashamed. We want to hide our sin. Okay? Well, if 67% of pastors, and those numbers are very similar for just men in general, I would add that about 32 to 35% of women are addicted to pornography. Um, then you get three guys together, two of them have an issue. So you're not alone. Wow. So we need to have some honesty with one another. Yeah. So I need, to have, I need to be honest with me. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I need to be honest with, with the body of Christ. Yeah. I am a good one for telling guys, take an example out of the Old Testament where, where Moses stood over the Israelites while they battled with his arms lifted high, and he got tired and his arms came down and the enemy overwhelmed, and Aaron and Hur came up beside them and held up the arms yes. and, until Israel won. I am a big one for telling guys, you need two men in your life that you know are, are serious in their relationship with the Lord, you know that we'll pray, that you give permission to come alongside and hold your arms up. And I tell women that they need two women in their lives that are the same way. Okay, so we need to know ourselves. We need to have, in the military, they call it a battle buddy. You need to have people that have access to your life that will help you do these battles in life. And then you need to follow the protocol that we see in in Ephesians 6. Again, let me go back to the opening statement that I made. We live in a, a physical realm that is very real, and 
along with this is a spiritual realm that is very real. Mm -hmm. And I need to live not just according to the physical things that I understand, but I need to live in light of the spiritual realities that God has revealed to us. So I don't go to the whorehouse. That's a physical thing. But I also make provision for the lust of the eyes, which is a spiritual thing. So I have to play both domains. Matter of fact, I'm called as a child of Jesus to give more attention to the spiritual domain than to the physical. The physical. Because if I take care of the spiritual domain, the physical will follow. If I take care of the physical domain, the spiritual does not follow. Right. Centuries of monasticism have, have shown that you go out somewhere and live all on your own, you'll f- still find a way to sin. Okay? So isolating yourself, controlling your physical, doesn't do anything for your heart. Right. Okay? Right? It's always got to start with the heart. Which, which, which that's what was my next question, Jim, because do you think we, as believers, we sometimes fight the Fight the fight mm-hmm. the wrong way. Absolutely. Like and I said, water gun against fire. Yeah. I mean, we we go, okay, I have a problem with overeating. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go on a diet. All right. Well, that's not in and of itself bad, but it's insufficient. Right. Why do you overeat? What's the cause? What's the heart issue that needs to be dealt with? I seem to always get angry in these situations. Mm-hmm. So... I'm going to avoid those situations. That's not really realistic uh, because you can't control your environment. You're going to, I mean, you can to a certain extent, right. but unless you're going to go out and live by yourself in the middle of nowhere, you know, you're going to encounter those situations. So I, I need to go to the why. I need to deal with the cause and not just the symptom. All right. So I go to the doctor and I have a, a large infection on my arm, and I say, Doc, this hurts. And the doc says, well, stop touching it. It won't hurt. Great. But that didn't take care of the cause. Mm-hmm. I got I to gotta take care of the cause. So, yeah, we, we fight our spiritual battles either wrongly or we employ the spiritual tools, weapons at our, at our resource, our, at our availability in a wrong way. Okay? Right, right. Um, <laughs> the Claymore mine always cracks me up. It it uh, it's a plate shaped device, and and on the front of it says front toward enemy, okay, <laughs> which just always cracks me up. And the reason they put that on there is because when they first came out, they were placing them toward themselves. Oh, and wow. when they went <laughs> off, they ended up injuring themselves. And and we do the same thing. Yeah. We take passages of scripture out of context. We somehow believe that God has given us, you know, as individuals, authority over the devil Mm. and don't realize that that authority is his, that he is granting to us. It's not ours. It's his. So it necessitates my proximity to Jesus. Okay. If I'm not walking with Jesus, if I don't know Jesus, then I don't have that authority, which is. The point that you want to ask about Acts 19. Yes, Acts 19. It says, but the evil spirit answered answer them, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I recognize, but who are you? Exactly. Here he comes up against, against the demon, and he has seen Paul, and he has seen others use that, and he thinks if I do it the right way. Yeah. So uh, just recently at the theaters, they, they 
redid, rebooted, whatever they do, uh, the movie The Exorcist. Mm. Okay, and I'm old enough to remember when the original one came out. And it's a horrifying movie. And it makes light of a terrible reality for entertainment purposes. And they show the priest with his holy water and with his crucifix and, right. you know, his, his prayers and all of that stuff. And this, this battle going on. And that's using the right and the wrong things in the wrong way. Okay? Right. You've got to do things in a proper way, in a way that, that God has laid out before us, which is what Ephesians 6 is all about. Okay? He teaches us that there is this reality out there. He says, look, understand that it's not just, you know, the guy across or the woman across the table from you, but there are there are other forces that are at work in here. So therefore, we need to take up, and, and some theologians imagine when Paul was writing this, that he was chained to a Roman guard, and so he's looking at the Roman guard, and he's, he's taking this visual and tying it to spiritual truth. So he tells them, you have your loins uh, girded up with truth. Um, I'm so glad that I didn't live in Paul's time right. where people wore tunics high above yeah. their legs and, and nobody needs to see that. Uh, but a Roman centurion would, would wear a tunic and it usually went around the knee the at knee. length. And in order to tie up that tunic and keep it from from in, in, entangling him, trapping him, restricting his movement, he would grab the back of that tunic and he would pull it up between his legs and he'd stick it into his belt. Okay, He'd tie up the loose ends, right. if you will, yeah. so that he was free to move. What are the doubts? What are the unknowns? What are the uncertains that we all live with? Yeah. Okay, What are the things that I just don't know? What are the things that I'm not clear about? Um, we need to get that taken care of right from the beginning and that begins with being in the word yeah. okay so if somebody tells me that that god's going to leave me on my own i'm going to fight with that in mind but if i get into the word and i realize that he'll never leave me alone mm -hmm. then i'm going to fight differently yes. okay so i need to tie up all of these loose ends i need to make sure that that i'm employing things correctly that i'm not setting myself up to fail do I understand when I look at my life, where are, the, where are the portals of access? And all of us have them, okay? Yes. Um, and some of them, as Paul has, has recounted, some of them will never, ever go away. We will continually live with that opening in our life mm -hmm. that constantly needs to be guarded by God's grace. Right, right. So I have to, it has to start there. Now, Jim... Uh, I, I was just thinking about this right now. Um, going back to the uh, who we're fighting for, I mean. Um, That's a good question. You know, because, yeah, it, it is a, a good question. I think we, I don't know, it's, it's, it must be hard, for example, a believer who was sexually abused by, by her father, for example, mm -hmm. as an example, and or a wife who was beaten by, his, by her husband, or vice versa, because mm -hmm. it happens vice versa it happens as well. The other way as well. Um, and we have believers that have such, um, I don't know, maybe hatred or maybe unforgiveness, unforgiveness, bitterness. Yeah. So I mean, that becomes a port of entry. That becomes a port of entry. And do you think the devil through that 
uh, is attacking that believer? He, he's he's just poking it. I mean, I don't have to attack. All I got to do is touch it, and you react. Yeah. I don't have to attack you. I, My sister, uh, she passed several, 10 years ago. Um, my sister had bad relationships with a member of our family. And my sister uh, would say, until this person does this, 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 and this, five things mm. she listed out, I will never forgive them. Okay? Now, this person could come close. Could but do the four? She wanted these five things the way that she thought yeah. until she would forgive. So my sister is a follower of Jesus. She has refused to forgive in contradiction to God's call for her to forgive. Does she have a good reason to forgive? Maybe so. But we're not living by the principles of this world. We're living by the principles of the kingdom. So she has an open area of attack in her life Uh because she refuses to obey. And you go, but, and I can imagine somebody listening to this or watching this going, wait a minute, wait a minute. What about, you know, I understand that. You've been wronged, okay? But there's a higher responsibility that we have, and that is obedience to God. Okay, to operate according to his values and his, his precepts, not according to the values of the precepts of this world. So a number right. of years ago, this is a true, true story. A woman had been raped and obviously, understandably, was traumatized by the event. And she dealt with this for years and years and years and years and years. She ended up on medication. She would have general anxiety. She would have post-traumatic stress. There were a number of things, and she was not finding any relief. Right. And then she began to black out and could not figure out why. So she finally went to a Christian counselor, a Christian therapist, and the Christian therapist began to talk about the issue of forgiveness, spiritual issue, okay? Understandably, fully understandably, she became angry, defensive, but I am the victim, but she's a follower of Jesus. You have a responsibility to your Lord, okay, to walk in obedience. Right. And through a lot of work, she came to the point of forgiveness, the blackout stopped. She no longer needed the medication. Why? Because the issue, the real issue, was a spiritual issue. And again, the devil didn't even have to mess with her on that one. That was one that she was shooting yeah, her herself own. in the foot in. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, which, we, which a lot of us have the tendency to do as well, not just her, but many believers out there. Absolutely. So we need to understand why are we fighting? Okay? Not just who are we fighting, why are we fighting? The adversary is our enemy because he is God's enemy. The adversary resists us because he resists Jesus. He doesn't, he doesn't care for me at all. I'm no. not a threat to him. No. It's the truth that is in me. It's the life of Jesus that is in me that he is opposing. That's the okay? answer, yes. So it's not that, hey, he's after me. No, no, he's after my father, and he's after the work of Jesus that I represent. So... Why am I responding? I'm not responding so much for me. I'm responding for my father and for my kingdom, for the kingdom that I belong to. That's what I'm. That's ultimately what I'm fighting for. Because the reality of the matter is, none of us are going to get out of this game alive. Mm-hmm. All of us are going to die. Yes. Okay. We're never going to have perfection. Uh, if I'm a believer in Jesus. I will find that in eternity. If I am not a believer in Jesus, I will never find perfection. Right. 
Right. So I need to stop fighting for perfection in this world as a follower of Jesus. Because we won't reach it. It, it just isn't going to happen. Um, I deal with people all the time, and one of the things, uh, and Harry talked about this on the last podcast, why do bad things happen to good people? Why mm -hmm. do bad things happen? We live in a fallen world. We will always live in a fallen world. And according to the book of Revelation, this world has to be destroyed and recreated. Yeah. So the question isn't how do we get rid of evil? The question is what sort of people would God have us to be in an evil world? Yes. And that's really what spiritual warfare is about. Amen. Is how that I can live my life in a sinful world by the spiritual precepts of God. And that has a whole lot less to do with claiming power over the devil and, you know, wearing talismans and casting holy water and all these popular things that are out there. And a whole lot more to do with the simple realities that we see in the life of Jesus, who every day of his life was opposed by spiritual forces. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, every day of his life had to deal with spiritual realities. Okay. And every day of his life, he lived in light of those spiritual realities. Mm -hmm. Do we? live our lives in, in light of the spiritual reality. We Good look question. at the scripture and say, okay, this is truth, and I'm going to live by this truth. That's my starting point. And that, all right, I realize that there's a fallen world out there. Right. So if I get to church and somebody goes off on me, I go, okay, what's going on here physically? And what's going on here spiritually? spiritually. Yep. Wow, wow. And just to finish this, uh, conclude this uh, episode with this question, Jim, what would you tell that person who's maybe listening to us right now or watching us, uh, you know, uh, through whatever uh, audio or video platforms they're using, what would you tell them right now about what they're, maybe what they're going through right now, maybe that spiritual mm. warfare that, you mm. know, maybe they're just struggling, I don't know, like you said, maybe with pornography, mm. maybe some type of a addiction, uh, who maybe is a believer, uh, maybe who's being tempted, maybe someone who uh, has a grudge against his fellow brother or sister uh, or family member. Uh, what would you tell that, point. that person? I think first thing I would say is the, the battle belongs to the Lord. That's what Psalms tells us. Mm -hmm. um, the victory's already been won. Uh, for the believer in Jesus, we win. Yeah. Okay? Um, but don't buy... Don't buy the lie that this is unconquerable. Go to uh, Romans 8, you know. Um, Paul talks about what is going to impede our relationship with, with Christ. Nothing. Yeah. Not even you, okay? If, uh, if you understand that Jesus is the answer, whatever the problem is, uh, then deal with it properly go to him let mm. him um let him fight that battle for you all you've got to do is lay yourself down uh at his feet um if it's an issue of lust or anger um take the step of just calling out to god and saying hey lord i don't want this anymore uh show me the way forward show me show me how to deal with this get into his word see what he has to say about it Bring some people alongside of you who will intercede on your behalf, who will make supplication for you. Be willing to release it to God. Don't, <laughs> don't keep pulling it out and playing with it. Don't keep recriminating yourself over it. Uh, seek that, that victory in the Lord. Um, the other thing that I would say is if you're not a believer in Christ, 
there's no hope other than Jesus. Mm. Um, I mean, the practical reality is if if I'm fighting hell with a squirt gun, I'm going to lose. Yeah. At some point, I'm I'm going to lose. Yeah. Um, I, I can I can try. I can do my best. I can be as sincere as the day is long. But I do not possess the resources in, in and of myself. Even as a child of God, within myself, I do not possess the resources. No, we don't. Okay? I've got to come and fight this spiritual battle in a spiritual manner, and that begins by bringing oneself under the authority of Jesus. So that when I am confronted by the evil one, right behind me stands Jesus looking him down and saying, No. Not him. He's mine. Yeah. So, it, it it's a it's a battle that is winnable. Right. I mean, the entire testimony of the Bible is that this this conflict that started in the garden will be resolved in Jesus in in the glorious vision of a, of a warrior king comes parading in as the conqueror. So he, he wins. Yeah. All right. Am I going to live in that reality, or am I going to live in the reality that we have created for ourselves, which will leave us wanting? Mm-hmm. Amen. It's um. Well, guys, I hope that this episode has been of a blessing to you, as it has been to me. Uh, and Jim, would you finish us off with the prayer? That would be- absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, guys. I appreciate the opportunity. So, Father, as we come to you, uh, first of all, we acknowledge our complete and total dependence upon you. In so doing, we recognize that you are over all. You are King of kings, Lord of lords. Uh, Help us to trust you in the midst of our struggles to know uh, that this is a reality. Help us to open, as you have often prayed when you were with your disciples, open our eyes, open our ears, cause our Mm -hmm. hearts to realize the truth of life and, and not to live just in the shadow of what we think. Lord, please, there's somebody out there today that's struggling, and I'm sure there is. Let them come to you and help them to realize you're ready to welcome them, to find forgiveness, to find restoration, to find healing, to find health. You have come that we might have life and that we might have it abundantly. And we ask this all, Father, because of the glorious and wonderful gift of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And for those that uh, do want want us to pray for you, to help pray with you, uh, you could uh, go online or at our website, church website, www.livingbaptistchurch.org. There's a part, a section where it says uh, where you could submit your prayer, or you could call our office at 602-237-4885. We will be happy to talk to you. You are not alone, like Jim said. We are, are all facing challenges here, you know, and fight. The, we're all fighting the battle, uh, but the battle has been won. Uh, yes. And so uh, we are with you. Uh, you are not alone, and so just reach out to us, or reach out, reach out to someone who in your church. Uh, but I just want to let you know and extend our, uh, you know, us with to, to you to our support to you as well. So we just want to say thank you and have a great day. God bless. God bless.